is vegetarianism immoral or is hunting immoral? I forget which. I think it's vegetarianism that must be immoral. We need to talk. You don't know if someone enters your property that that person has the, you know, did it, you know, willingly, right? Because someone could break and enter your property and that's a willful, forceful entry. And that is definitely immoral. But someone could also just end up there by accident. Let's say you're this happened to me a couple of times, you know, hiking through the woods. I ended up being on someone's prop someone's property. I actually had no idea I was. And they're like, hey, you're on my property, get off. I'm like, I am? It's like, yeah, don't you see the sign? What sign? All right, right? I had no idea. Now, if you went for like a uh, full sort of on property rights, like a like a little reading of it, and you're like, hey, uh, you know, if you are on somebody's property, that is your property. You have the right to defend yourself. So you can shoot them, kill them, whatever you want to do with them while they're on their property. See, that is a little bit too blunt of a, you know, a uh, execution of that idea because you don't have the knowledge that that person was on your property by, you know, will, but they didn't just end up there in the, you know, in the case of someone falling from like, say a 20 story building onto like a, I don't know, three floors down and some patio, that person didn't intend to end up there. They just kind of ended up there. Right. So I think from a moral perspective, like the morality or the moral imposition that you want to give is, uh, I think there's an actual word for this. And, uh, the philosophy is a, uh, what was that what's that term i'm trying to remember what it is but you you have to give someone notification to leave right say you have to make them clear make it clear that this is my property you are trespassing on my property i'm instructing you to leave and you have to give them that ability to actually leave the property now obviously if there's a you know like a full-on uh implication that this person is entering your property with ill intent or has intent to do harm. Maybe they have like a submachine gun, you know, on them and they're kind of like trying to hide and all this kind of stuff. Okay, maybe that's a thing that you can kind of use as probable cause. Say, hey, this person was definitely going to shoot me if they saw me, right? But if it's not like that and this person just seems like they're a little bit lost or not sure why they're there (laughs) or how it happened, then you have to give them that ability to leave before you act on any, say, forceful interchange. So that's kind of the moral principle underneath it. Now, of course, that's embodying the law, which is why I just went to the law for that. But essentially, there's kind of like the moral idea out there. And that moral idea has all these kind of caveats to it. Like, I think the basic idea of if you have your property, then you have the right to enforce your property rights by, you know, say, getting people other off it. But that doesn't mean you, you know, if someone steps on your property, you can just kill them right away. It doesn't make any sense at all. So th- that that's kind of my my long little diatribe of w- what I meant to imply by that. I think it makes sense. And, and think about it like this. If you're driving and a squirrel runs into the middle of the road, uh, the, the squirrel doesn't intend to be in the path of your tires. Mm-hmm. But do you just hit the squirrel because it's there? Or do you try to avoid it? So I think that, again, you can apply a Buddhist principle to essentially any situation like this, where you're saying there's a, there's a piece of information missing, yet I have to make a moral decision. What do I do? Well, the, the Buddhist principle would be do not harm. So by default, you would want to exhaust any options that involve neutrality. Mm. So like, how, how can I get out of this situation where no one is harmed, right? And if those options are not present or you've exhausted those options, then you're left without a choice. And there may still end up being a moral implication to what you do, but it may be much lesser than had you not exhausted those options.
Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of taking that's the, essentially what you're saying. Yeah, the the least immoral kind of uh, outcome uh, as a first as a first route. Yeah. So if we circle that back to hunting, you know, which is our original topic here, like how would that theory apply to hunting? What Mita was saying is, uh, if I get this right, that the intention of the action has a large impact on the morality of it. So in the case of hunting, the the intention there is to constrain this this animal's you know natural life, right? And that has an impact on the morality. Now, I don't think it actually does because if you imbue an illusion of you know of that sense, then it's equivalent to the animal, to the natural being being there. Uh, but also, I don't know if the intention really interplays there because like. In the case of, like, say, stepping on somebody else's property, there's a real tangible sort of thing there. But in this, there's not, like, a real tangible sort of effect on that animal. Like, it's not like you invaded this animal's property. The animal doesn't have property, number one. But number two, it's it has this whole thing here. So there's no, like, functional equivalent there. I keep using that word. But there's no, like, there's no, like, like what can you measure of that, say, difference in the real world? What, what, what is the difference besides the difference in our head? Do you want to weigh in on that meter? I, so I don't what, what's the difference between the, so, so what's the difference between like, say that example I gave with uh, the falling out of window and it's real world implication there. So there's very real world implications there that between the say more intangible ones of having a deer in like essentially a 10 mile cage. Essentially that, the difference is that in the scenario where you accidentally wind up breaking and entering, you the scenario is created by a series of events that are outside the control of any party involved. Mm-hmm. In the situation of creating a farm that is for mass production of slaughtered animals, there is intention there. Again, that goes back to what Meter was saying, that that situation was not accidentally happened upon by somebody you know, inadvertently entering another person's property. It wasn't that. It was something that was intentional and the animals were put there to begin with. So that would be like saying that a bunch of people were intentionally put on the property of of someone else so that person could either keep them captive or kill them, right? That they are different scenarios because of intention. Mm-hmm. Like, like I can see they're different scenarios, but I'm not sure how they're different moral, like moral wise. I'm not sure if I'm just like harping on like a, a dumb point here because I probably am, to be honest. But uh, uh, let's let, let's change here just a tiny bit here, uh, meter. When some, something I'm a little bit intrigued with is when you're talking about the difference between killing a fish and killing a deer. Is is that difference? affected the morality of it and if it is is it because of the visceral feeling you get or is it something which is a bit more like underpinning of it um it's the difference between killing a fish and a deer is are those things different morally um i don't know a little bit i mean i'm thinking more about the process of doing it because with fishing you're you are like finding where fish are and then but you're also baiting them which i'm not a massive fan of like baiting something and having it come to you in that way. Um, Cause with hunting it's you're tracking, finding out where they may be and then trying to be in the right place at the right time versus with fishing, you're seeing where the fish are and then dropping something for it to bite. 
because you can hunt by just like leaving a bunch of corn out and then just hunting that plot of corn and obviously something's going to come eat it at some point. And I would say that's closer to like what you're doing with fishing. You're baiting a spot to entice the animal to come over and, and do the thing. Is that kind of like a same sort of thing where like a gun is a little bit worse as far as like the ethics of it, like baiting something's a little yes. bit worse than like say uh, not baiting Yes. or kind of like approaching? How would you, I don't know, I'm a little bit confused on this. How would, how would you like catch a fish without baiting? You, like yeah. hand fishing? Like spear Jump fishing. Spear fishing. Chase it down, grab it with your fucking hands, bro. <laughs> um, Have you done that before? Probably with like minnows, like little tiny baby fish, but nothing I would eat, no. Mm. See, I just, I, I don't buy into the difference between the tools. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I don't believe that with the bow or the gun. I think that using bait is kind of the same thing i i do understand what you're saying about like okay the bait signifies a different intention than hunting Mm -hmm. but not really because if if the purpose of killing the animal is for sustenance then whatever tool that you're using to do that the the goal is not is the substance right the goal is not the method of killing necessarily that doesn't mean it doesn't matter but uh, the distinction is that in your example with the, the mass farm, it's excess. So I think that the crux of this is a combination of what Meter and I said, right? Meter said intention matters with morality. That's mm-hmm. absolutely true. I think that uh, whether the action is in excess also matters mm-hmm. because if you catch one fish for dinner uh, or if you catch 20 fish, but then you kill one deer, I mean, there, there's no real difference in terms of intent if the idea is substance, yeah. right? If you're using all of the animal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know why I'm bringing this up, but uh, there's actually some interesting stuff about like uh, uh, Native Americans uh, back when they were hunting buffalo. Because like there's a bit of a propaganda up there where they say that like the, they use every part of the buffalo. But there are certain tribes that would actually... Like, like buffalo are kind of like uh they kind of go in like these big packs right like uh these giant cavalcades and what they would do is they would kind of start pushing these buffalo to like towards a cliff and then they would just like have them closer and closer to the edge of the cliff and start running towards it and then the ones behind wouldn't know there's a cliff right ahead so they keep running and push them to the ends and because it's kind of like push them all off the cliff and you know it wouldn't be the whole like pack but it'd be enough and they would just take take what they could and you know it would there'd be far more money that died than more, you know, than that they, uh, like, say, utilized. And it wasn't really a problem for them because, like, there was just plenty of buffalo at that point. Like, they didn't, like, they weren't in danger of hunting them to extinction or anything. But uh, they wait had a lot of waste there. And there's other, you know, cultures that have a lot of waste with their uh, resources as well. I, I think the more bountiful of resources is, the more likely it, you are to waste it. The less bountiful it is the less likely we are like right now we have way too much meat i mean meat is expensive but there's way way too much of it so we just like you know we're willing to like throw it out but uh if we lived in a culture where there's barely any meat like you get like a little piece of steak you're gonna eat every single piece of that steak like if you have like a, like a chicken wing you're gonna be like you know gnawing off the little tiny like uh, bits of chicken wing like underneath the uh, the like between the bone and everything like it, it, i think it's definitely a supply issue i would say I agree, but you know that speaks to the to the moral issue as well because you have countries like ours that waste just 
you know, tons and tons of resources, their water, food, meat, whatever. We waste so much. And yet there are places in the world where people are starving. Mm. Right. And I know that's a cliche. People say that all the time. But that's exactly the problem is that if you hunt only what you need, then it it's not an immoral action. But what is immoral is when you have situations where you're mass killing these animals or, you know, cre- creating these living organisms just to slaughter them and throw away the meat. I mean, mm. that's it's not good. It's like the there's an intention there, but the intention is very opaque or it you could say it's you know you could say it's like say profit driven which is true but it's more like the profit is it has the waste built into the equation where you know they generate say you know 500 chickens but they intend maybe like for only three quarters of those chickens to actually get used uh have you ever done any hunting or fishing patrick i've never hunted i i have fished mm-hmm. but uh anytime that i fished i always ate the fish or see i don't believe in throwing them back either that's the thing, because then you're creating suffering for no reason. My wife does that, and I've told her I disagree. Like, what's the point of catching a fish and, like, getting a hook caught in it and then throwing it back, right? That's hunting for sport. Mm-hmm. Even though the animal didn't die, like, you cause unnecessary suffering. Mm-hmm. If I ever catch a fish, I eat the fish. Yep. And if I'm not going to eat it, I don't go fishing. Yeah. When I was a kid, uh, I would throw all the fish back and I wouldn't eat them because I just didn't want to see anything die. Like I was very like afraid of like any animal dying. I think I cared more about animals back then than I did humans. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's like I probably wouldn't do it nowadays because like, like, like you said, like why do it in the first place if you're just going to throw it back? Like either, you know, shoot it, kill it, you know, whatever and use it or just don't. It's uh, kind of my thought. I think, honestly, we've kind of covered every angle of this. Like, do you guys have anything else to add? I think I'm also on my side. Uh, Mita, would you recommend people hunt? Like, like, is that something you'd actually recommend people do? Uh, I mean, if it's something they're interested in doing, then yeah. It's a very useful skill okay. to know how to do. Yeah. Yeah. Only I ask that because uh, I've just, like listen to a couple podcasts from like Joe Rogan where he has like Hunter on and they always be like, you know, hunting is something that people really need to learn how to do because they have to learn how like, you know, meat is made and produced and they have to get the full sense of kind of like a, I don't know, t- taking a life and, you know, using it for some to its fullest. And they kind of have like some sort of like a moral sort of thing on there. And some other people like to say it's like there for like a utility, but, uh, it's, I just want to get your take on that. It, I mean, it's a completely different experience. You know, it, it's one thing to be like, you know, I want to like, let's say you want to be prepared for if you were ever in a situation where you needed to hunt. So you're like, I'm just going to take a gun or a bow and I am just going to uh, shoot it at a target every single day for an hour a day. And then I'll, I know I'll be ready. Not, you will not be ready. It is not the same. The second a living thing steps out in front of you and you have to make the decision to kill it or not. That is a 100% completely different situation than shooting at a target. It, there is no way to correlate the two things. Hmm. That's intriguing. Is that all psychological? Like you might have the skills, but you just can't you know, pull the trigger or kind of do it right? There have been, I've been hunting with people who are dead shots and they have a deer in a position, stopped, broadside, wide open. And you know for a fact they could have killed it if they wanted and they let it walk by because they did not have it in them to to pull the trigger. Hmm. And that's it's a it's something that you 
always think like, oh, I'm going to be ready when it happens. And then it's, there's no way to know if you're going to be ready when it happens or not until it actually happens. I'm pretty sure I wouldn't be able to do it. That's one reason I've never gone hunting. I'd, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I couldn't kill something. I'm afraid that if I did it, like, like it'd be really hard, but eventually if I just kind of happened to pull the trigger and you got myself to do it, maybe too much caffeine that day, I just like, like it too much. And then just like, just start killing all the deer. Just like, I don't know, just, just for fun. I, I've already determined that if there's ever an apocalypse, I'm going to have to have some kind of scheme like Eugene on The Walking Dead, where I sort of claim that I have some kind of all-knowing knowledge that's going to end the apocalypse so everyone will protect me because hmm. I'm not going to have that <laughs> skill. <laughs> that's very smart. I, and, you know, I don't think everybody needs to know how to hunt because what if the world ends? Everyone needs to know. Only a handful of people need to know, and then other people need other skills. Like, we're going to need more than just that one skill. So I don't think everybody in the world needs to know how to hunt uh, in case there's an apocalypse, in case you need to be in that situation. I think you just need to, um, everybody needs to have useful skills in general. So maybe you want to learn basket weaving. Maybe you want to learn farming. Maybe you want to learn something like that. Mm -hmm. You don't necessarily have to know hunting. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Yeah, and even if we look at, like, say, human history, it's kind of like that too, because there's kind of the hunter-gatherer sort of uh, dichotomy. I mean, they probably did a little bit of both, to be honest. But generally, you had the people who went out and hunted, and then you also had the people who would like stay in the local region and just like gather and uh, kind of you know ensure that the that the houses or whatever kind of say living quarters they had was well maintained. Mm -hmm. raise kids uh, decision making and leading uh, there's countless things uh, that people can do that are good skills for you know if that situation ever occurred I'm super interested as to why both of you completely discredit um, you know different methods of hunting like you don't think that baiting is any different than not baiting I do think it's different and if but I just don't think that if the purpose is substance, then I think it goes back to what I said about there being no difference between a bow and a gun. That the the then, then I'm with Pepin on your on your point that if that's the case, then there's no difference between hunting and farming. Well, I guess yeah, I I would have to submit to that point, but I still think there's there is some difference because you're talking about the intent being substance. So I would be okay with a small farm that allows the animals to live and only kills them when they need the food. But there's a difference when you're talking about creating thousands of chickens and, and killing them and wasting them. Right. So it, it, for me, it's more about the, like the intent matters, but there's also a component of, you know, whether that is actually utilized or wasted so it's kind of like there's the morality of it so i th i think you i i think you maybe agree with my point i guess uh i don't agree with my own point to be honest but but there's also these <laughs> secondary moral considerations well the the morality is multifaceted yeah. i'm saying that the intent plays in yeah so if you have two people and one person is baiting and one person isn't and that's the only two factors being weighed mm. then yes the person not baiting is more moral 
Oh, okay. Um, so, but so you disagree with my so point. There, okay. There's okay. I a sort of meter's point. Then. There is a sort of hierarchy there. Yeah. Um, but the the distinction between baiting and not baiting mm-hmm. is sort of minute in comparison to this distinction between wasting and not wasting. So like it, there there's multifaceted points here. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I always kind of see it like there's like uh, these basic moral questions we have but then you start getting to like other things where there's more questions to it like like there's basic moral questions about like say i don't know i'm gonna get really weird here about like computer science and computers right you know this kind of like having a computer can do things like an iphone or whatever but then there's another question about you know what you can do with those computers and like having data collection and you know privacy and uh say you know sending information online that's sensitive and all this kind of stuff like what kind of contracts or what kind of things are there to prevent illicit use of that because the technology on its own is just one thing but then how that technology is used raises more moral questions than just the base technology itself there's like things that are additive to that or if we have a society, you know, and that society needs to be organized, then you have to have ways to organize the society. So just a collection of people may have some basic moral qualities to it, but a whole city of people needs more moral considerations because there's more complex problems that arise just from that scale. That's true. I know we need to wrap things up, so this would maybe be another topic, but um, think about this. How would this change, this uh, morality of hunting conversation? How would this change if let's say in some crazy sci-fi future, right? We invent a food replicator. So now we've got a machine that just makes food. It just generates food. And I'm not saying that's possible, but you know, you've seen it in certain sci-fi movies. If we have something like that, then how does that change the conversation? At that point, I would say hunting's not moral at all. So really my main point here is just that it, there, there's the outcome matters as much as the intent. See, See, I don't know. Because I, I agree with you in some point on that, but I don't agree where it's not moral at all. I, I don't know why I disagree with that. Do you disagree with that, Meter? Oh, 100%. Um, needing to know the skill in case that machine ever doesn't exist. Um, and population control is a massive thing that hunting does that is 100% necessary. Um, protection. Uh, deer completely destroy like farms and things like that um and uh the more deer that are in an area then the more predators are going to be in the area and some of those can be super dangerous like coyotes can kill tons of things they can kill children um so there's a lot of reasons outside of just meat that hunting is important to us as a society well i i do agree with the utility behind that but i don't think population control can be used as an argument because why not that was the same argument that china used for limiting the number of babies that people are allowed to have so if you're going to apply that rule to animals you have to be able to apply it to humans from a moral standpoint i I understand that from a utility standpoint there's a difference i mean not necessarily so population control of deer gets out of control that means more uh vehicular issue uh crashes with deer running into roads or into populated areas which means more human death which i consider to be a worse moral thing than a deer death so so the utility function here is complex Uh, i would disagree with you patrick in general it's yeah uh just because the moral qualities of deer are different than the moral qualities of human i know that the buddhist perspective kind of sees them as the same but i think that uh you know this kind of goes to the abortion thing like I think it's okay to abort 
a fetus because that fetus does not have the same qualities of a real human you know and you get closer and closer to like say a baby that's more and more human but the earlier and earlier it is the more it's just like a cell and functionally they're equivalent right you know it like say when it's just a couple cells big that's essentially just like a any sort of multicellular organism and you know that that is small you know and we're okay with just killing those you know willy-nilly so i think granted that those two are kind of equivalent at least on some sort of a meta level that you know deer are not on the same level you know say morally they don't have the same moral say considerations as humans like if a human goes crazy and kind of starts like uh going off the rails you know does a human yeah if human does that then we put them in institution right if a bear does that we shoot the bear because the bear could be a danger to us right there's two i mean and an even better example might be if you have a, a deer on in a pen and a human in a pen and you have a button and you have to choose which one to kill from the buddhist perspective that's an impossible decision I think from a realistic per perspective that's a very easy decision Ooh, I, I like that that's a good that's a good uh, moral uh like a uh, test rate there I like that yeah meter we'll call it meters pens I, I <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome I actually agree with you I choose the deer you're right that's easy but the reason it's easy is because we're emotional and we have attachment to our own species and it, but you're right from a Buddhist perspective there is no difference you're still taking a life mm -hmm. so again this goes back to the original thing which is that two things can be happening you can be making a decision that to you makes the most sense and maximizes utility but also carries moral implication i think uh, i think i'm i actually agree with with patrick on this that uh, though it's an obvious and easy decision it doesn't necessarily make it on a moral level any more okay to have killed a thing uh I kind of, I don't know. Th th things are just the way they are. Uh, they all suck, right? Exactly. We, uh, we have... Oh, oh, but by the way, uh, Nathan, to tie in your point to what we just said... Ooh, um, I like this. That's the reason why laws don't work as a measure of morality. Oh, yeah? Because the laws are based on our experiences, and our experiences are based on those emotions or the, the perception of cause and effect that we have in the universe. But because we are, you know, perpetually flawed in terms of the way that we view things, those laws will never be perfect. So that's why you can't measure those two things against each other. Because when you have a situation like, do I kill the human or the deer? Like, what law is going to be able to dictate the morality of that? There isn't one. Uh, well, yeah, I, I don't think that you'd have... because. I would say I don't really believe in laws. Like we had that uh, conversation a little while back, so I don't necessarily believe in laws really. But uh, you know, I, I think a law is a good, say, embodiment of a moral principle, right, or a moral idea. And you know, is it perfect? No, but that's why things can change, right? Like the whole thing with data privacy is a new sort of moral consideration that we have only because we're in a different circumstance that was completely different and unheard of, no, never experienced before like from like say even 30 years ago right 40 years ago like the, these considerations only came into being because we're in a completely different context and so our you know approach to that and our you know forging of moral principles it, it's tough because there's no there's no real you know straightforward path and it has to be like deliberate so uh, 
I don't I don't think that laws are are indicative of like morality in that way. I think that they're more an indication of what society believes is morally just in that moment and that that ha- is separate from true morality. Because you know black people are slaves and that's fine. That's uh, on the law you have to return a black person to their owner. Like that was a law. It, does that mean it was morally okay? No, of course not. That, but society, that society at that time felt mm-hmm. that that was a moral, morally okay thing. But I don't think right. that those are the same thing. Okay. Yeah, you 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 have the transcendent morality, and then you have cultural relativity, mm-hmm. right? Two different things. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would say that. Right, right. I mean, obviously, they're not the same thing. I think a law is just an implementation of morality. And whether that morality is, you know, correct or not, I think is up to time, right? And I also think, you know, this is where I think we get into disagreements here. We're, we're you know, kind of treading old turf here. But I think morality is more an creation and an invention than it is something which is outside of, say, uh, human experience, right? I think that humans made morality. And I think morality is derived, and good morality is derived through logical principles that don't, you know, contradict. Right? You don't have two rules for the same kind of entity. Right? You don't have, you know, this rule that says uh, "thou shall not kill" for this one person, and this other person who has the same qualities and aspects says "thou shalt kill" whoever they want. Right? Th- those are two contradicting sort of more principles that can't apply universally. So that's this kind of like Kant's universal kind of thing. But so, so I think that the laws are implementations of that but the laws are implementations of the moral say culture at the time so and of course the sense of morality can change and so so i don't disagree with you guys at at all but uh it's kind of like if you want to have any sort of sense of morality enacted you have to have a way to do it and the way to do that is through laws but the important thing is that if you're going to do this in a good way, you need to be open to the fact that morality can change and have the system be able to change, you know, in, in a way that's maybe not too easy, but easy enough. I'll tell you what, table that one because I want to argue with you, but I'm tapped out. <laughs> I think we've been at this one for over an hour. So um, let's let's do that one next time because I've got a lot of shit to say about that. <laughs> okay okay about what you just said specifically all right <laughs> well uh patrick how about you plug us D- t- tell us where we can be found <laughs> all right so um this one i believe you're gonna be looking for uh we need to talk uh you'll also be on uh you know our youtube channel uh i meant to get around to doing like the actual podcast on some sort of site like stitcher or something i haven't done it yet i'm i i i, I forgot what really been busy but go to youtube to search uh does anything matter podcast you'll find it right there there's plenty of episodes i mean not too many episodes but there is a good amount of episodes i think they're great they got videos to them too not this one because uh that's why i was going to record a video fuck oh anyway uh <laughs> that's where we are uh and if you're listening to this from say the damn podcast on the other hand uh you can find we need to talk at we need to talk that uh, that's not our website is it where we found meter hmm we need to talk dot show. Oh yeah, we need to talk that show or twitter.com slash we need to talk show or nope. Facebook.com. Oh. Twitter is WNTT one. Facebook is we need to talk show. Fuck. How am I so bad at this? <laughs> it's only been like a hundred and seventy something episodes. That's that's why there's editing. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so just forget everything I said and just listen to Meter, because he is right. 
Well, that's why it's a comedy podcast. So if we fuck up, it don't matter. Was there comedy in this? I don't think there um, was. I laughed twice. I think, that, I think that basically every time you talked, it was comedy. Damn. <laughs> Patrick Byrne. <laughs> well. Nate, was that morally uh, okay? To burn you that bad? Uh, well, <laughs> um, I, I don't know. Because I think morality. I, I, no, the I, the question up. is, what was my intent? <laughs> I think the real question is, was there a law that prevented, prohibited you from that? If there was, it was bad. <laughs> Nate, we need to talk. <laughs>